like to discuss with you a Shiloh that came up this summer. Uh, it's not something I read by Rabbi Silberstein. It really happened. I mean, those also really happened, but this really happened in, in my circle. And the mice, uh, the mice was the following. There was a, a shul, <coughs> actually yeshiva, where somebody came and, and dumped a couple of boxes of shamans, of old svarim. They said that some great-grandfather or great-uncle died, and he had a lot of old svarim in the house, and the, the family, unfortunately, has no interest in it. And uh, they, they brought it to a yeshiva. So the, the people in the yeshiva were looking through the boxes, and they found a Tehillim that was uh, printed in Slanika. It was the second printing of Tehillim. And it's very valuable. They went to someone to assess it, and he said it's worth $11,000. At the end of the story, when collectors heard about it, they bid it up. They actually sold it for $17,000. One uh, old Tehillim. So the Shiloh that, that I was asked was whether they have to go back to the person who brought the Seamus and uh, tell him that there was something worth a lot of money there. And he gave it to them because had he known that there's something worth thousands of dollars, he definitely would not have dropped it off. And the Mangla... Uh, they would have to give the money back to the other person. Or, can the yeshiva keep the money? As soon as you hear the shayla, the end of the story has to be the yeshiva keeps the money. It's got to be. Unless unless the yeshiva gives it back, and for that he becomes a balchuva, and uh, one of those endings. So anyway, I was called, uh, one of my sons is involved there, and uh, they had two people in the yeshiva, I called two different rabbanim, and gotten opposite answers. So the question is what this depends on. When he called me initially, I told him Hefker Betos is not Hefker. I don't even think it's a Machlekes Rishayim. Hefker Betos is not Hefker. And it would seem that it was Betos and uh, that it should be returned. But afterwards I thought about it and I realized uh, that it's not that way. And I'll explain why. Is a Ramah And this Ramah is really what I want to, to share with you. It's a Chiddush Gadol. And it's what I'd like you to, uh, to try to appreciate. The Ramah says the following. The Ramah says that if a, a sorcerer, a, a middleman, Buys, he buys metal and he sells metal. He buys a bar of tin, the deal, and he sells it. So Yid walks in, he says, I need a bar of tin, so he gives it to him. And the Yid goes home, and when he scratches away the tin, he sees that underneath it's gold or it's silver. <coughs> So he's very happy. Tin costs very, costs very little. He's paid very little for this bar of tin. 
and uh, he scratches it up and he finds that it's gold, it's silver, it's worth a lot of money. So this Ramah, this Shaila, is actually in the Haggah Sashri, it's an old Maisha Shahaya, goes back uh, 700 years ago, that uh, the Maisha as it's brought down is that there was a traveling salesman who sold tin, and Ruve bought the tin, and then Shimon asked him to sell the tin, so Ruve sold it to Shimon. And Shimon discovered that it's gold underneath, he's a rich man. And Ruvain said, what are you talking about? It's a Mechotos. I sold it. I sold you a bar of tin. I thought it's worth $5. Meantime, it's worth $5,000. So it's a Mechotos. So Ruvain is tiny. He wants it back. So how would you pass him? It's a no-brainer, right? It would seem... What do you say? Huh? Seems a Mechotos. Ruvain sold... He sold a bar of gold. He thought it was a bar of tin. He sold it for five dollars. So the Ramah paskins that you don't have to give it back to Reuben. He says that when a person buys something, when a person purchases something, he only has a kinyan in the thing he buys to the degree that he knows it has value. If someone buys something and he thinks it's tin, he only has a $5 Kenyan in this, in this bar. He doesn't have a Kenyan of gold in the bar. He only has a Kenyan of the value of tin. And therefore, when he sold it, close him on, it's his, it's his. Whatever is there, it's his. But when he sold it, he sold whatever he had a Kenyan in. And... Therefore, he has no right to the uh, to the gold. He can't tie the mekatos because he only owned it to the degree that he recognized its value. That's a tremendous chiddush in the Ramah. Ramah passes this way; nobody argues on the page of Shulchan Aruch. And he says, therefore, it's not a mekatos. Now, do you agree with me? Understanding pshat of the Ramah needs a beer, but it's a Ramah. So I assume that the case is that the salesman is not traceable, or, or maybe by Gaim there's no, there's only Vayizal Sanis Miyadamitzu. There's no Mekatos could be by buying from Gaim. So he doesn't even talk about the original salesman. But uh, the the psak is that Shimon keeps. Do you agree with me that the case with these uh, old Svarim should be the same? The Yarshim inherited a couple of boxes. Naki's saying no already. Uh, he inherited, they inherited a bunch of old Svarim. To them it's worth almost nothing. Nothing. It's just a pain in the neck. So they're only kind of the Svarim to the degree that they know the Svarim have value. To them the Svarim have no value. Minimal value. And therefore, when they gave it to the yeshiva, they gave the yeshiva whatever whatever they thought they had. That's what they gave. Whoever the Irish was sent him. I mean, uh, so. so. Well, why should, should be different than buying it from a salesman? What's the difference? Because they inherit automatically. It's not, you don't need to do Kenyan. It's not... 
That's what your tainas also. Right, there were two tainas on, on this dimian, and I think they're both wrong. Okay, the first taina, there was different taina somebody had on this. Someone argued that maybe it's different. In the case of the tin, the gold is hidden. It's tumble. It's hidden. And this is my son's taina back to me. That in the case of the gold, it was hidden. So he thought he bought tin. In the case of the Svarim, he saw what he got. He just didn't know it had value. He saw what he had. What? It's coated with others. I'll tell you the truth. I hear the title. It's also Talmud. Okay, it could be, but my answer is there will be Kivager and the Pisre Tshuva on this Ramah say Beferish that even if it's not hidden, even if you uh, buy, they say, a leichter, it's an old dusty leichter, you think it's made out of, uh, out of uh, iron, and it's not hidden. It's just you don't recognize it. You buy a leichter, you sell a leichter, and there's nothing coded. They say, who had din? It would be the same thing. They bring Ravay Deseker Shuli, and Maise Shahaya. He says, Veshkafri shine only if it's hidden. And he says, he found Beferish in the Lavosh, even if it's not hidden. And Kidegar, Pistachuan, Archashulchan, all that right in the past in this way. So the Taina that it's hidden, not hidden, the person who said Beferish is not a Taina. The second Taina that I'm hearing from the left and the right is maybe it's different. When you buy something, you do the Kenyan, so it's only to the degree you know it exists. Maybe when you Inherit, inheritance is automatic. As you're saying, Yerusha is automatic. So maybe automatic. Maybe it's different. No, for Yerusha belongs to the father. No. He doesn't have any rights to a period when the father's alive. The father gave it away. Maybe the father, maybe you know, maybe you know, I don't know. But I'll tell you, the answer to that is the makar of this Hagar Sashri is a Mishnah Nebel Mitzis. So I have a third case, right? I have the case from the 21st century. We have the case from the 14th century, the Hagar Sashri. Then we have the case in the Mishnah. The Mishnah talks about someone who buys a house. And in the walls of the house, there's hidden treasure. Some previous owner, and the case is the snicker, it's not the one you bought it from. Some owner, it's uh, 200 years old, uh, what you find. You do renovations, you break down the wall, and you find hidden treasure in the wall. So you get the case, you buy a house, roommate sells the house to Shimon. Shimon buys the house, he makes a hole in the wall, he's renovating, and he finds the treasure in the wall. So Reuven says, Mekatos. It's not Reuven's. Reuven didn't put it in the wall. You could tell the money is uh, 200 years old. Uh, that's the case. Reuven says, It's mine. Mekatos. I sold you the house. Uh, what about the value in the wall? So it's a Mishnah, an Elamitzias, that had nothing doing. The, the treasure belongs to Shimon. 
says the money was there from the Kananim, from the Meiroim, who were there yet by Kibosh Haaretz. And Ruven is not kainit to give to Shem. It's the third case, the same idea. I, Chatzere Shaladam, is kainit without Das. You see that this rule applies even by a Kenyan that's found without Das. It's not only a Kenyan that you kainit with Das. Even without Das. Can you thoughts it? But no, the Kenyan that he made in the field, in the house, Kenyan Kesav, it's a Nachal. You're telling me, maybe it's only Nachal when you do a Kenyan. Well, Kenyan and Mevela, maybe it's different. He's still doing a Kenyan, even though he's not, so that's still doing the Kenyan. I know, so that Kenyan doesn't work. There's no Kenyan in Yerusha. That Kenyan, well, his time was the other way, the Yerusha's better, this Yerusha's worse. No, Yerusha's better. He's saying Yerusha's better. No, it's better, it doesn't even need a Kenyan. It's automatic Kenyan. It's not automatic Kenyan. Yesterday he didn't own it, today he owned it. It's a real Kenyan. It's a Kenyan that happens with Melo. So at any rate, this is uh, my view at least. This is the uh, a third case of the same idea. It's a Kiddush Gadol. You only kindness something to the degree that you recognize its value. If you buy something, you don't recognize its value. And you don't, if you know you don't recognize the value, you say you have to have it uh, assessed, is one thing. But if you think it's worth a little, it's worth a small amount, you only claim it for the small amount, period. That's what you're saying. If he wasn't claiming it, then there'd be no idea. If he didn't own it, there was no idea. Even though there's no dust, something happened. Chatsi Rusha exactly the same. Kinyish like it does. So that extra money, it's it's sort of waiting to be nikna. Now, if if he's not maknit, so you can't do anything because if you're not kind of the five dollar, the five dollar value, you can't be kind of just the extra value. But once it's sold, it's enough to sell it to the degree that he owns it. I'm gonna have dust in the not be uh, anyway, this is my uh, this is my Havana uh, in the case, and uh, I believe the yeshiva went with that psak. <laughs> that uh, especially when the value shot up. <coughs> yes. Kiddush Hashem. Rav Druk told the story. Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld found a, a Napoleon, somebody worth a lot of money. And the Yid was chaperoning him, Kiddush Hashem, you should give it back to Goyim. So he, Rav Druk used to talk about this, he offered the person, give me the value of the Napoleon, and you do the Kiddush Hashem. It's Yeshiva money. No, it's not Kiddush Hashem to give it to the first Yid. Why, why is that Kiddush Hashem? You have to go look for the guy who originally sold it. That yeah, right. Now this uh, Ramah, I heard the first time from Rav Gedal Yashor. In the Argedal Yo at Mayadim, on page 166, he doesn't bring the story that happened this summer, <clears throat> but he brings this din in Kinyanim that you only kind of something to the degree you recognize its value. 
How did he get it? He knew it was gold. He just forgot. If he knew it was gold, he forgot. That's an echo What? It has to be that he, he, he didn't know about it. Roshua said that in Kinyane Taira, a person only has Kinyanim in things that he hopes to take to him, take with him, Lachameyav Asrim. He only has Kinyanim in his mitzvahs, his Maisentayvim, his Taira and his Tfilah to the degree that he recognizes its value. To the degree that he's makir what it's worth. This idea, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz has in Sichas Musr, Parshis, Parshis, uh, Parshis Teldais. He writes there that Esav sold the Bechaira for a bowl of beans. Esav sold the Bechaira for a bowl of beans. And Lamai said, say, no, it's not a Bechaira. If you sell something that's worth a lot for a bowl of beans, that's not, uh, it's a Mechartos. Esav didn't know what it's worth. So Chaim Shmulevit says this part. He says Esav had the Bechaira only to the degree that he was mocking its value only to the degree that he recognized what it's worth. Once I heard the same thing about the Mars Machpelum. Avram paid Arbameus Kesavasacha Mars Machpelum. He cheated Ephraim. Ephraim didn't know that all the Machava buried there. If you don't know that Machava buried there, he could have made it a sightseeing place. It, could have, it was worth a lot of money. Same idea. Ephraim didn't know when he Ephraim bought it in the first place, he had no clue to its value. He only owned it to the value that he had. Esav only owned the Bechaira to the value it had. Reb Chaim Shulevitz writes there, and it's scary. A person sits and learns. So for every hour of learning, he gets schar. How much schar you get for an hour of learning? Your Rebbeim told you, right? Very, 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 very much. Tamatayr Kineget Kula. Tamatayr is not only Kineget any one mitzvah, Kineget all the mitzvahs combined. Not only Talmud Torah is connected to mitzvah, every word of Talmud Torah is connected to everything. The schar of Talmud Torah is great. So Chaim Shmulevitz writes that if a person gives up his hour of learning for a hundred dollars, yes, he has a seder, and he gives it up because uh, he has a ticket for a hundred dollars, he wants to go fight the ticket. <clears throat> so he gives it up for a hundred dollars. That means he's assessing the value of his hour of learning to be $100. So Lachameyev Esrim will come to get schar for his learning, it'll be worth $100. That's what it's worth. Worth $100. Goes out in the middle of Seder to get himself a Gvaldig, a coffee, what's the name of Shabbat, Kodim Levi? Starbucks? Dunkin' Donuts. He goes to Dunkin' Donuts, he gets off a coffee, he loses half an hour of learning. So he comes to Shemayim, he says, you know, I learned for half an hour. They say, Gavaldig, and they give him a coffee. So what are you coffee now? I, you know, I left my body behind. This is just my neshama. So, well, that's what it's worth to you. It's worth to you. Know, you take 
you take you knock off a, a seder to go get a coffee, so that's what it's worth to you. The value of something is to the degree that a person is makir its value. To the degree that a person recognizes it has value, that's the value that it has. I found this idea that I'm sure Rafael say I found that some cipher writes it in the name of his Rebbe, the Balaf Law. Is a cipher on Rus, and by Rus it says that Boyas told Rus, "Yehemas kortech shleima meisashem." Yehemas kort yoschak. What you did is complete shleima meisashem. So the Afloy is everybody gets schar shalem. God doesn't cheat people. Everybody gets schar shalem meisashem. What's so some cipher writes, B'Shem is Rebbe, uh, this idea. He says that to everybody, the Ruchniistic value of, of a mitzvah is whatever you assess it to be. Rus gave up what? She gave up that she could have gone back home. Her father was a, was a king. Could have gone back home to money, to prestige, and honor. And instead, she came with Nami to go collect chitim from the floor in the fields in Eretz Yisrael. She assessed the value of going to be part of Klai Yisrael, Shlema Meis Hashem. She recognized its value. She didn't give it up for a hundred round. The value of something is according to the value that you place on it. According to the value you put on it, that's its value. When B'nai Torah have the years of opportunity to sit and learn, it's easy to miss the value. It's easy to miss because it doesn't go like it should work. You have have to go out to work for a few years and then you learn in Kaddah. You appreciate something a little more. Here, go from kindergarten to pre-1A to first grade you know some of you skip pre-1A first grade eighth grade high school it's sort of a a schedule that still has the remnants of the kindergarten mentality it really does it's, it's what you do during the day if there's nothing else important to do the appreciation of every minute of a Seder Kavua it's lost because of the way it the way it comes up to the pipes. It it really doesn't make sense. The system, the way it is, the way people are practicing it, it doesn't make sense. It can't be how could it be that someone who's coming to a Cheskasabatin shouldn't be machshiv what he's doing as much as somebody that's going to uh, to whatever job he has doing numbers on, on uh, an accounting firm. How could it be that in the neighborhood the people going to the accounting firm are down at 6 o'clock and 6.30 and 7 o'clock? They come to the 8 o'clock minion and it's the guys who are sitting and learning. It can't be that way. It doesn't make any sense. Now some, some people are up till 2 o'clock the night before learning. Aruba de Ruba. It, it smells of a lack of kashivas of what you're doing. You're not machshiv. That the learning is at least as kashiv as a job. 
this discussion of people that have a job and responsibility? Not much in it. It's hard, it's very, very hard to understand why it should be that way. Why we're used to a society that makes something that makes no sense. And we just live, we, we follow in the footsteps of, of, a, of a system that's, that's, that's wrong. It's wrong. If, if people who work are in shul at seven, then people who sit and learn have to be there ten to seven. I've also noticed that for the six o'clock minion, to be a sorry shayden, you have to come before six. For the eight o'clock minion, you could come ten after eight and usually be a sorry shayden also. No? Because of the same thing, you're not machshed it. You're not machshed it. That's what it's worth to you. It's a scary thing. It's a frightening thing. Now, I don't say that every person is capable of sitting many hours straight learning. People, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's a challenge. But you have to be mashavid. You can't roll in at uh, 10 o'clock and suddenly, uh, if you're not mashavid, that's what it is. It's a not of thing. So it's not chosh of what you're doing, and just like it doesn't matter if you come 9 or 9.30 or 10 or 10.15, so it doesn't matter if at 10.15 it takes you 20 minutes to get started. Be mash of what you have. You put value to what you have. Don't take, a, don't take something that's worth gold and trade it for tin. Tamatari can get kulam and trade it for, for something that has minimal value. It can't be. If your mother says to you, uh, the cleaning lady's coming today, we need someone to be with the cleaning lady, so tell her to call your brother who works in a law firm to take off from the law firm and be home with the cleaning lady. If the role is Isaac and Chayel and Isaiah, you're Isaac and Chayel and Abad. Should it be any less? We, we need to recognize the value of what we have. I'm not talking about more than we have, what we have. We have to recognize it's chashivas and has a value and, and, and live that way. And live that way. Live with, with goals. Stick to them and, and take it seriously and we'll have a bigger chashivas. There's a bigger chashivas you'll be able to do. There's a second Nekuda. I want to talk to you about what it means to be a friend. What it means to be a friend. You'll notice in Chumash, in this week's parasha, Parashas Mishpatim, that when it talks about two Jews, the Torah doesn't talk about Ish. By Averis, it talks about Ish. By fighting, Kikafishisho, Bola, Osneya, it talks about Ish. Ben Oma Chavera, it talks about Reyafa, Amasefa, Achicha. In this week's parasha, Kisir, Shara, Achicha. It doesn't mean your brother, he's another Jew. Could be you never met him. Of a Jew is called Reya, it's called a friend. What does friend mean? The Torah teaches two Jews as friends, even though you never met the person. You find Sharachicha, Bederach, you don't know who Isaiah, you find Yidachabed, you don't know who's he on it. The definition of a friend, Be'emis, Friend, somebody you like to eat pizza with is also a friend. You spend time with him. You like to, uh, to talk about sports with him. He can, he's your friend. In English, he's your friend. The definition of a chaver, of a real chaver, 
is someone that you care about. There's some friends who you like the company because it makes you feel good. It's nice. But it's not a chavr. It's not a reyach. It's not a nisefa. A person makes you feel good. Okay. Like spending time with him because you feel good about it. It's wonderful. But that's not a chavr. A chavr is somebody that you care about him. There's a Rambam in Pirisha Mishnayis in Demai Perik Beis. He says, why are Tamidei Chachamim called Chaveirim? The Mishnah there. And Al-Chavr is a Tamil Chacham in Shas. So he writes, Chavrusam Zelazen Emenes Kihi Chabura L'Shem Shemayim Says, a friend someone that cares about you. A number of years ago, somebody came to the shir, El Osman, in Cheshvit. And in Tebes, well, he, was, he wasn't here for a few days. So what happens? People are not here? Feel well. So, someone came over to me and he told me, you know, this person, he's in the dorm, he's down, depressed, he's not getting up in the morning, he's missing minion, and he was in the dorm, and he was, uh, he was sleeping till noon. So, I called him up. I called him up, and I went to speak to him. And we spoke. Whatever happened, happened. But, he came to me afterwards, he said, you know what happened? He asked me, how do you know? How did you know I was in the dorm? How did you know I was in bed? I said, uh, so-and-so told me. He came back to me later and he said, you know, I was in Eretz Yisrael for three years. And every year the same thing. I started El Lutcheshit, with Lutcheshit. And in the middle of Kislev, you know, I bombed. And uh, my roommates, they didn't do anything. I came here, this person called you, he said to me, I realize he's a friend. My dear roommates in Eretz Yisrael, they weren't friends. They let me, let me stay in bed all night. He's a friend. He's a friend. He tattled it. It's true. A chaver is someone that you care about. And you care about. You know, let your chaver... You know, it's the old story. You have people who come to yeshiva, and, you know, their collars are inside out, or their head is crushed in the back, and they walk around, and nobody tells them anything. That's a friend. Friends walking around. Uh, that's a friend. I had this nice and shul with somebody who told me uh, a working person who came to learn a shul. He, in the morning, before he comes to shul, he takes a shower. After the shower, he uses Q-tips to clean out his, his ears. This really happened. It happened to shul. This fellow told me that that morning he was cleaning out his ear and the phone rang or something. He walked to shul with the Q-tip sticking out of his ear. And he said good morning to a bunch of people. And no one said anything. When he put on his film with Shorai, he realized he got a Q-tip sticking out. So he asked me, what kind of friends are these? They've been walking around with a Q-tip sticking out of my ear. Nobody says anything. That's a friend? He's right. There's no friends in shul. Nobody's his friend. No, you see a guy walking around with a Q-tip. Imagine, you have a friend. He's going on a date. As the car pulls out, you see smoke billowing out of the out of the tailpipe. Your friend, you'll tell him, no? 
friend cares about the other person. The Torah doesn't make light of Chavayim. It, it counts. It counts as something. The idea that Yidna Chavayim Zelazav after the Reich Kamachi is another from you. Certainly a from you, for sure, certain. You have to be a Chavayim. You have to care about it. You have Chavrusas here in Yeshiva. You have friends here in Yeshiva. Would you go over and hurt him? Would you go over to him and rip his suit for no reason? Of course not. You're a friend. Could it be that he's sitting and learning and you walk over and sit down and schmooze with him? You steal from him the learning. Could it be? Could a chavah do such a thing? The learning is the value you give it. If to you it has no value, if schmooze about narishkeit and take away, I'm talking about a seder kavua. We're not malachim, we're not stiplers. We don't count the minutes we waste, but a say the kavua. Could you hurt somebody like that? Who come who wants chaf for first seder, and instead of giving him a coffee, they'll give him you to schmooze with him about uh, the Yankees the whole day in the basement of That's what it's going to be worth. That's what you're doing. You're hurting him. If you have to schmooze, so go outside. That's why the yeshiva has non-Jews employed in the yeshiva. Go over to one of them and shows one of them. Shows with them. Why are you taking somebody who's sitting and learning and and uh, and, and shows with him? Yeah, what damage you're doing to him? A chaver cares about someone else. If you have a friend you don't care about him, that's not a real friendship. Somebody gets married because the person he marries makes him feel good. That's not a marriage. It's a marriage if you care about the person. You care about the other person. If, if the other person has failings, and you care about those failings, you try to help the person. Uh, that that's marriage. That's chaveri. It's a raya. You know what bikur chaylam means? People tell each other that bikur chaylam visiting the sick. It's not really correct. Bikur is not visiting. It says when they brought an animal in the base of they had bikur behemus. They were mevaker the animals before they shechted it. They didn't go visit the animals. They checked if the animal had mumin. They took the animal and they checked the animal. Bikur chaylum, it says in Shulchan Aruch, is to go to a chayla and see what he needs. That's bikur chaylum. To see what he needs. See what he's missing. A chaver is someone who cares about the other person. You care about your chaver. How can you steal from them something of extraordinary value? As I'm telling you, when you heard over the years, fifth grade and seventh grade and ninth grade, you're a Talmud Torah Kineget Kula. And the Gros says, each word of Torah is Kineget Kula. So, you know, in sixth grade, the Rebbe says, you know, an Omer Kamar has this many words, it's like he did uh, 100,000 mitzvahs. Why is the Gros busy with this? Because you have to recognize the value of what you have. You want it to be that, you have to recognize its value. We have Siddhar and Kavuim. It's a very short Siddhar. We have two full weeks. And then Shoshana week and Sashimei which is the way it comes out this year. It's a couple of days of Yeshiva. There aren't many days leading up to the Ayin Let's buckle down. Let's try to do it. I don't know we can do it all year. You know, when you disappear... Kislev, somebody will tell me. 
But right now, it's Elzman. It's Elzman. It's already, what are you, Gimel? Dalit? Where you're Dalit El. And, uh, you know, the Balit Fila Rosh Hashanah are starting to practice. People who blow Shafer are starting to practice. Let's start to make it. This man, we will machship the things we have. The mashiv is worth seventeen thousand dollars. Don't think it's shameless that goes nowhere. If it's gold, don't think it's tin. If it has value, don't think it's nothing. Don't act like it's nothing. So I ask you for this man, as I asked you before, to find a way to stay in the yeshiva from nine to six. To stay here, don't go home in the middle of the day. All it does is cause a lot of wasted time, the going and the coming, and one day you come back. I ask people what time they come back. They tell me a number, which is, they never get there that time. Every time they say, it's always later. Stay here straight. Try to stick to the six days a week, including Arab Shabbos. I'm Muhammad Swiss, the people who are, who are not here today, I'm assuming the families are still in the country. I can't imagine... 7 in the morning, Shabbos is 7 p.m. What are they doing for 12 hours? Come to Yeshiva, you have something. Don't come to Yeshiva, but yeah. Try to buckle down to make it a great Elves man. And Cheshwin, I'll tell you to make it a great Cheshwin. But right now, we only have the Elves man. Let's try to make it happen, make it work. Be machshim the things that you have. Good Shabbos.